Hello, you've landed on the Lonely Diplomat podcast and wherever you are in the world from Warsaw, Washington DC, Wellington and Windhoek and all places in between, welcome. I'm Phil McAuliffe, I'm the Lonely Diplomat and you are listening to episode 30 of the Lonely Diplomat podcast and it's a pleasure to be in your speakers or on your screen if you're watching through YouTube, wherever you are in the world. And wherever you are in the world, I really do hope that you are keeping safe, you are keeping well, and you're ready for a chat um, about lessons from my 2020, or indeed lessons from 2020. So... This, this episode, I'm going to go through um, some of the things that have been going on for me uh, and be, before opening up uh, and wanting to start a conversation with you, opening up and, and um, giving you an invitation, inviting you to reflect on the highs and lows of 2020 so far. Before I get going, I always forget to say this at the beginning, I end up saying this at the end, but a like, a comment, and more importantly, a share, really helps those diplomats and those living the diplomatic life know that they're not alone. So, as I said, like, comment, share within your networks really helps um diplomats and those living the diplomatic life to know that they're not alone. And I don't know, it also seems to be what other uh, podcasters uh, and and now YouTubers say, um, and it really does uh, help appease the social media gods and would help me out enormously. So if you could do that um, formally, informally, that would be awesome and I would really, really appreciate it. So, now let's crack into episode 30 of the Lonely Diplomat podcast, Lessons from My 2020. And I have written down some notes, and uh, I'm showing them now, listener, I'm showing them on, on YouTube, and 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 there's there's kind of, you know, what started out as nice orderly thoughts and, and nice sort of metered dot points has turned into a page that kind of looks like a dog's breakfast where there's arrows looping back around and then there's, you know, triple underlines and I think I've misplaced my highlighter. So, you know, passages that I really want to hit and points that I really want to make um, are unhighlighted. And I found myself, I found myself just a few minutes ago, uh, sitting down here and um, was going to reorder my thoughts. And then I caught myself, I caught myself. And one of the things that I've really been reflecting on uh, about 2020 and how I've responded to my 2020 um, one of the things that I really wanted to do in this episode, always, but especially in this episode, is to be real. I want you 
to uh, to see that it's okay to not have everything sorted at every moment of the day. And because I, I in taking a step back just a, a, a moment, in wanting to recollect my thoughts, I was going into diplomat fill mode uh, and wanting to, I guess, present within this episode of my podcast, which is designed to help serve and support you, but in this episode of my podcast to come across as well-considered, um, uh, well-put-together with coherent and logical arguments. And I think, you know, the, the arguments generally are going to be coherent and logical. And there are going to be points that I that I will be going through. But I caught myself putting the mask of having all my shit together back on as a way of, I guess, controlling how you see me and how you experience me, my work, and my um, uh, my my considerations. That was a, that was not the wo- the word that I was looking for there, but but how I've interpreted my and experienced my twenty twenty. So, having caught myself wanting to present this, you know, highly polished and and you know professional um, uh, uh, image to you, my awesome listener, wherever you are in the world, you're getting me. You're getting me, and that's my commitment to you: is that you get more me, uh, and. I can't encourage you, inspire you, uh, and invite you to be more you, be more awesomely and more humanly you in the world if I'm not being more awesomely and being more humanly me in the world as well. You'd be right to call bullshit on that. You'd be right to go, yeah, Phil, that's well and good that you're saying that to us. Uh, saying that to me, but what about you? How about you let your guard down just a moment? And so here I am, letting my guard down and sharing with you some of the things that have happened uh, in my life over 2020. And thinking back, as I'm sure you are or have done already or will soon do as you set your intentions for 2021, you are casting your mind back to perhaps January, uh, sorry, December 2019, uh, way back to January 2020, which probably does seem, if you're like me, just a few weeks ago, in this very weird and bizarre year that has been 2020. And you probably also, like me, went in with all sorts of plans and intentions for 2020, and things were going pretty well there um, for at least a few weeks. Um, and I, I was no different. I had all sorts of um, plans and, and, and intentions that I wanted to do, both here in my work at The Lonely Diplomat. I started a... Um, 
a website. I launched another website and another blog um, based on loneliness uh, with a, a primary focus for gay men uh, called thelonelinessguy.com. And, and over the year, that's morphed into a blog and a podcast as well. So Connection Over Coffee with the Loneliness Guy. And I do, you may have just noticed a, a bit of a pause there. I do get very confused sometimes within myself between the Loneliness Guy and the Lonely Diplomat. So please forgive me if accidentally I say instead of the Lonely Diplomat, it's the Loneliness Guy. You haven't um, changed stations, you haven't suddenly clicked on a podcast, uh, another podcast that has my picture on it, um, you are listening to the Lonely Diplomat podcast, but but that kind of explains why. It's been a year because I'm so, I'm so driven, I'm so driven, absolutely deeply passionate in a way that I've not felt about anything that I've worked on in my life before to let people like me know that the horrible thoughts and feelings that they are experiencing within themselves that potentially empty void that that discomfort that uncomfortable feeling of, of, of general unease and discomfort that they might be feeling within themselves about their life and where they are in life that may or may not be loneliness. And loneliness in itself it has such a stigma about it that we, we often don't want to engage on the thoughts and feelings of loneliness uh, or, or label them as such until there is no other choice but um, uh, to, to engage with them. And I'm feeling so deeply passionate about the work that I am doing um, that... Uh, it's it's almost um, like cons- it, it consumes me. It consumes me in, in in a really good way, and and I'm so deeply passionate about letting people who can benefit from my life experience and my insight and my wisdom know that they're not alone. That's that's precisely why I do what I do, and and you know we got into that in episode twenty nine on my purpose. So I don't really want to rehash episode twenty nine. If if you feel that you want to go back and and or listen to that, go and listen to episode twenty nine. The um, the the invitations there. But I had those best laid plans and intentions, and you know by not necessarily by you know August I would have this and. September I would have that but you know I had a very clear direction of where I wanted things to go and then obviously 2020 happened Um, and within my own life big deep breath there um, so my um, my former wife uh, and I separated decided to separate last year uh, and I moved out of the family home uh, at the end of January um, 2020. And, you know, feeling very grateful that I um, am an Australian here in New Zealand. And, and ironically, um, the, the conditions uh, on my visa as a as a regular Australian citizen here in New Zealand is actually better than what I would have as a um, as an Australian uh, as the holder of an Australian um, passport on a sorry holder of a diplomatic visa on an Australian passport 
So for Australians, like essentially, I I I can stay, I can work, I can do all sorts of things, and you know, without voting here in New Zealand, and and no other country affords that to to Australian citizens. So for all of the countries and cities in the world for that to happen, New Zealand was perhaps the best. And I had the intention um, of remaining close to the family home so I could still support my, um, my, my former wife. Um, I don't like calling her my ex-wife because that, that, that seems like acrimonious. Um, and, uh, but former wife is kind of you know where I've landed on that. I'm not going to go into the details um, because you haven't earned the right to hear that um, story. Only very few, pe- uh, very privileged people have earned the right to hear that story. But I was really committed to wanting to stay very close to the family home so I could be there for our children. Um, and uh, I took some leave, uh, some additional leave from my employer back in, in Canberra and uh, was able to find what turned out to be a pretty <laughs> it, it was it was it was a place it was it was an apartment it was like a studio apartment that turned into you know whenever it rained it had its own water feature courtesy of some burst down pipes um, uh, that that fed through the little courtyard in it um, but it was my space it was dank, it was dark, it was an absolute hovel. <laughs> it was an absolute hovel, but it was within 10 minutes walk of the family house. It was, you know, in a really nice little um, part of of Wellington. And it just meant that, you know, I, I could um, stay close to the kids. Um, and so that's that's... That's that's enough right there, isn't it? That's that's plenty right there. But that separation not only was like the the end of a fantastic relationship, but also a uh, and moving out of the family home and 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 um, upsetting both emotionally and physically um, and mentally uh, our family structure in and of itself was was deeply upsetting. And you would know this as a listener of the Lonely Diplomat podcast and a reader of the Lonely Diplomat blog that I wrote uh, a blog and published a blog back in April, May. I want to say that I can remember exact date, but April, May, ish, <laughs> sometime in that, start, that part of the year, where I talked about the end of a relationship and spoke about what happens when a um, a relationship ends while you're on a diplomatic posting. And I spoke to my friend Katja Vlahos, um, and uh, who who has worked on uh, divorce and separation in the expat context. And so we had a really great chat on one of the episodes of the Lonely Diplomat podcast. And in writing that, I injected some of my own, very briefly and in a very controlled way, my own experience. But I want to share with you some further thoughts on this now uh, as a reflection of my 2020. And if you've got like sensitive ears, um, either within yourself or uh, 
there are uh, people with sensitive ears very close by and who can hear, you might just want to press pause and, and I don't know, go and, and put them in another room or excuse yourself and keep listening or, or pop some headphones on or something like that. But while I can, um, sorry, I was going into diplomatic mode there for a moment. I need to be me. And the way that former significant others are treated by the diplomats employing agencies is horrendous. Full stop. Is horrendous. And it's not the fault, exclusive fault, of the... um, of the employing agency, I understand, and I'm going back into diplomatic mode, um, I understand that this is a private um, private consideration for a couple uh, and, um, you know, that there's public money to be... Um, uh, to, 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 to account for and there are all sorts of expectations that have to pass you know the the what what's called in Australia the pub test or the front page of the Sydney Morning Herald or you know what what passes as as publicly acceptable and and you know agencies need to work within though those confines but when everything feels like it is open to the discretion of individual people right through um, to uh, the um, beyond a very low baseline, the experience is horrendous. And I cannot imagine, I cannot imagine what it must be like for someone who is not like me and uh, goes through a separation here in New Zealand where I act like I had a right of stay. Had this applied in any other country, I would have been and, and you know not entitled to stay on a diplomatic visa, therefore not entitled to stay in the country unless I found my own visa um, and then own accommodation, etc., etc., etc. Had there have been... Um, you know, significant language issues, uh, prohibitive costs of of rent or whatever, that, you know, I, I, I would not have seen my kids. And it's important, important there to, you know, to recognise that every single person's sort of relationship is different. I get that, I understand that, and I want that to... to, to to, to be the general disclaimer that I'm saying all of this under. But something needs to happen. Some, and, and this is where I'm, I'm reflecting and one of the lessons that I've learned from 2020 is that as a diplomatic community, as employers, as people who live the diplomatic life, as diplomats, we need to be much better at helping and supporting people when they go through a separation rather than as an employer putting your hands up and going oh no 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 uh, this is a private matter um you know we're, we're just going to stay by the um by the sidelines that's too convenient that is too convenient because Everything else in the relationship is tainted, tainted 
by the work. The work is always a third wheel in the relationship and for when that relationship is is going through difficulties or actually ends not just difficulties ends for the employer to go oh sorry that's a personal matter not good enough that's not good enough that's too convenient that's too convenient when the employer knows way more about ourselves and our relationships uh, before we go on postings, before there's there's relationships, whatever it is from a security perspective, it's not good enough. It's not good enough for the employer to vacate the field all of a sudden. And for me, the, um, the experience is, uh, is manageable. Luckily, I'm managing we are managing, and this is not meant to be a uh, a rant against uh, against the employer in my own circumstances, not at all. But I can see, really see, and I'm thinking about this for 2021, how we as a global diplomatic community, as individuals, as employing agencies, all parties begin to have a kind and honest and real conversation about what it means to be uh, for in, in a relationship that ends. That requires um, the employing agency to rethink how it applies and, and learn from other agencies about what they do. And it also impl- uh, requires us, individuals, diplomats and those who live the diplomatic life to consider what a separation means for us. Just considering what might happen in a separation doesn't doom a relationship to to, to, to end. Not at all. However, with in the real world, in the ordinary world, 50% of all marriages ending in divorce not even keeping out, uh, you know, the demographics, the, the challenges, I should say, of a of this diplomatic life on our relationships. There's work to be done. There's work to be done, and I'm working out how I can do that um, if, going forward into 2021. Going forward, I do sound like a public servant there, don't I? Anyway, so while I separated and moved into my um, uh, my own place, um, I also, uh, well, have a new partner. So his name is Jeff, and he's amazing. He's a Kiwi, uh, and you would have seen him um, on the Lonely Diplomat social media every so often through 2020. Um, he's, he's fantastic, and I can attest to the power of authenticity um, and the joy that can come when we allow who we are to be. So I have, for for all the challenges of 2020, one of the things that's been um, an absolute eye-opening delight, in a, eye-opening in a delightful way, um, has been the the joy that I can experience in being myself. And that's not to say that, you know, this, this 
um, this new relationship that I'm in is uh, is is easy or you know um, or, or anything like that as we'll, we'll get into but Jeff and I um, have not really been spent any time apart for the last 10 months um, and when we were just talking about this the other day uh, the, earlier today not the other day earlier this morning that it's been 10 months there's not really been a cross word, like a, a word spoken in anger or um, anything like that. And that either means that, you know, we're building up a head full of, of resentful rage um, or we're actually doing really well. And um, I think we're doing really well. But anyway, it's been, you know, a, a weird year because I don't think that, you know, under the normal circumstances, 2020, uh, like we would have been spending so much time together but it's that's actually proven to be a real joy and it's actually a beautiful thing to see um uh, my kids uh and and jeff interact um they gang up on me from time to time that's okay yeah so that's that's what's going on um and one of the other things that i wanted to um to reflect on is what covid has meant and isn't it interesting how we can rather than say covert or the pandemic or something it's like you know we, we we come up for like we generally not just diplomats and those who live the diplomatic life let's call it like the current situation or or something like that has isn't that interesting and not ironic but it's just an interesting observation that i wanted to share with you that um you know the 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 pandemic uh, COVID-19, COVID, you know, kind of gets summarized in the general situation. That's sort of political, economic, social, um, and and stuff. But for me, COVID has provided a really terrible, <laughs> like I wouldn't have thought that this, this would give it, but a, 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 a very poignant example uh, of a reminder of what's important and that it's always about who and what is important um, and paying attention, very close attention to who and what is important to us. No one wanted that. No one, no one wanted a global pandemic that has killed many people and affected countless others um, to, to have that, to, to, to give that reason. And, and perhaps we won't need a terrible, almost life and death um, reason to to be grateful for what we have and who we have in our lives into our collective futures. Anyway, the other thing that I've I've really been reflecting on, and one of the other lessons that I've learned from uh, from my twenty twenty, is the value of friendship. Uh, going to who and what is important, and I'm not gonna. Uh, well, I, I'm not gonna go diplomatic on this either um but it's not only that but friendship and belonging and one of the things that really occurs to me while i have you know an amazing partner in in jeff um and someone who who sees me and 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 hears me and i i feel very much like i belong the wider issue of belonging for me here in Wellington. Um, while Wellington is lovely and it's a home, it's not home. Um, I, I don't have the, the deep links uh, 
that many other people have with with others and and you know the the transient nature of my existence here in Wellington particularly this year when I was meant to return to to Australia at the beginning at yeah the beginning of of August uh, and delayed that because of a, a a worsening COVID situation in Victoria um that I you know have 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 stayed here and and am essentially essentially homeless uh I I don't have a permanent uh home right now um living on very limited means very limited means and and am homeless and that forces oneself to confront many a truth um and hi my name's phil um i really struggle probably just like you to ask for help and i will ask for help um uh um only when every other opportunity has been exhausted or there really is no other choice. I know that that's something that I need to continue to work on. But when I do ask for help, it takes enormous reserves of, of courage and I had to ask for help. And sometimes that, that, that's a beautiful thing. It's an opportunity for real connection. Um, and other times it's uh, a, a very confront uh, the answer that we're given is very confronting. And that's happened here uh, for me in, in Wellington. And where I asked for help um, and uh, in, in you know, some cases was given a no, but you know completely understand it's horrible, it's terrible, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. but others, um, uh, you know, essentially met with, with, um, uh, from friends, you know, that, that best, best wishes and, and what's the thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers are the equivalent of thoughts and prayers. And I'm not going to lie. That's been an extremely frustrating. I've been telling myself many stories about belonging, my worth, um, and questioning actually f the concept of friendship. And I'm going to be doing a bit more of reflecting on that, but I'm reminded of the work that I did back in 2019 on the concept of home, again with Katja Vlahos, about how we diplomats and those living the diplomatic life can feel at home in so many different places in the world, but not feel at home anywhere. And not only that, but have, you know, so many friends in different parts of the world, but where we, when we need them, they're not actually really there physically with us. And that's, that's really hard. That's a really hard lesson to keep learning. It's a very tough reminder. And the work that I do is, is um, you know, all about connection. The work that I do both in The Lonely Diplomat and The Loneliness Guy is all about connection. And one of the things that, um, one of the, the, the absolute fundamentals of, um, of connection is being connected to yourself. And if you don't belong anywhere, you can belong to yourself um, and my, uh, like I've been binging on the content of Dr. Maya Angelou lately. And she says that, you know, when you belong nowhere, you belong everywhere. No play, uh, I've mungled, messed up the, the quote. 
But it's all about, you know, you can belong everywhere but nowhere um, and the price is high but the reward is great. Oh, I really wish that I hadn't mungled that up but it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, um, uh, beautiful quote that I found great power in. So I've, I've spent some time, indeed some time actually away from the Lonely Diplomat podcast and, and reflecting and, and coming back to belonging to me, coming back to belonging to me. And this is incredibly, this is a very powerful lesson that 2020, some events in 2020 have taught me that I can belong every place, no place at all, but I belong more to me. And the reward is high, uh, sorry, the price is high, but the reward is great. So that's one of the, the very key learnings that I've had for um, for 2020. And indeed, you know, while, um, you know, Wellington does feel like home and how it's not home, in a few weeks' time, um, in, in January, I'll be returning to Canberra, which is home, but it's not home. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the intention is to stay in there in Canberra for, for a, a few years and, you know, put down some, some more permanent roots perhaps. But I wonder if that's been something that you've appreciated too. Um, you know, have you had need for friends, but realized that you have friends who want to see you, uh, who, who are there for the good times? But when you need help, uh, you've found that friends are, um, well, that, 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 that there are true friends who are right there with you when you do need help. Has that been something that you've, um, you can appreciate from your 2020? So... Uh, just looking here at my notes, one of the things um, that I wanted to to really um, uh, say just about from that example. So some of the feelings that I've had in me have been anger. I've been very angry, angry at 2020. I've been angry at, you know, the situ- things that are far outside of my control. Angry really angry, deep, frustrated. I think you get my point that I've been really angry. And it's interesting. Someone, um, uh, I was speaking to someone just a few weeks ago and they're like, you know, that's going to make you angry. You know, how do you express anger? And one of the, that, that sent me on some reflection. And I, I want to ask you this based on that reflection, uh, listener and viewer. When you feel angry, and you're a diplomat or someone who lives the diplomatic life, do you allow yourself to express that anger? Or do you, and I don't mean like expressing anger as like, you know, going and punching a hole in in the wall or something like that, or smashing things up, not like, you know, Hulk smash kind of, kind of business, none of that, but, you know, letting someone know that you're angry, actually saying, I am angry with you. Can you say that? Like not, not being physically violent, not being emotionally or, or, or any kind of abusive, but owning your emotions and putting, putting a label on your emotions, like saying and allowing yourself to feel the perfectly natural human emotion of anger. Do you allow yourself to do that? Or do you do what I tend to do? 
And that is to get angry, get angry, and then go to express it, but then pause either for a few moments or like milliseconds or for a few days or whatever, but a period of time. And then go, you know what? No, I'm, I, I am just going to not let someone know that, that they've made me angry and then move on. But I'm going to uh, potentially, it feels like for me sometimes, suppress that anger and because I don't want, and here's the kicker, here's the kicker, I don't want my response to, of, of anger to become the issue that's being talked about. And from my experience in diplomacy, from my experience in working in, in, in government um, for, for 20 years, that we desperately, uh, that, that we don't, desperately, let's, let's forget that I said desperately, we, we just don't want our response to, to, to the issue to become the issue that everyone res- um, that then responds on. So that comes at a cost, though. If we're not expressing, if we're not allowing ourselves to feel emotions, to feel those bad, those uncomfortable, those, those inconvenient emotions that make others potentially feel uncomfortable, we pay the price within ourselves. So if we're angry, we're allowed to be angry. If I'm angry, I'm allowed to be angry. I'm allowed to feel it. I'm allowed to express it. But yet I don't. I don't. I seem to very quickly process it in inverted commas and channel it into uh, something that is, I feel, going to be productive. Is that um, expressing my anger? Dunno. Dunno. Um, but it seems as though I, I, I sort of go into um, potentially diplo mode uh, and look to sort of work through the issue while denying my own internal emotional response. That's fine in, you know, around a conference room, um, uh, in, you know, multilateral um, discussions, but that denies a human emotion. It denies a human experience, and that does. Those denials come at a... An emotional, certainly an emotional cost, a mental cost, and a physical cost. So can you express anger at the appropriate time to the appropriate person or or at the circumstance? Or do you quickly um, go to do something, you know, to, to fix it or to move the situation along? Now that's actually psychological resilience, and one of the um, the key themes of my work here at the Lonely Diplomat is on resilience. And indeed, diplomats we are resilient. We are, you know, meant to be resilient. We're meant to roll with the punches. We're meant to um, surge and then spring back to form. And and this is this has been, you know, the topic of much of my work over the last two years. But do we have to be resilient all the time? Do we have to be resilient all the time? Can we, you know, 2020 has thrown, you know, for me, as I've just shared, you know, personally, 
you know, at a, at a micro level, but then in a global macro level, it's thrown a lot of shit at us, hasn't it? And if we're constantly just going, oh, okay, well, okay, what, what do we do next? And then what do we do next? And what do we do next? I promise you, listener, I promise you, Phil, speaking to myself, um, and I promise you, viewer, that that comes at a cost. That comes at a cost, whether we want it to or not. And and that un, those unfelt emotions, good, bad, whatever, an emotion is an emotion, is coming out somewhere else in our lives. So we might be feeling frustrated with work, and so we take it out on ourselves, or we take it out on people mo- uh, like closest to us and with whom we can feel safe. It's a lot in there just from... Uh, a reflection of how I process anger. And I I just wanted to share that with you because I want to know how you are processing anger um, and frustration and resentment and disappointment and all of the other kind of non-diplomatic responses where diplomatic is calm and measured and considered Um, And given once, you know, we've gotten control over our emotions again, that denies, it has a place, as I've said, but it denies uh, the human experience of human emotions. And that, that comes at that cost or as that comes at a cost, as I have just said. Anyway, so when... All that is done, um, you know, reflecting on our response, our internal response to the various punches, the plot twists, the the false starts, all that kind of stuff that 2020 has thrown our way, both at a macro level and at a micro level, um, wherever you are in the world, be it you know, through elections or um, lockdowns or, you know, having to go into isolation um, after returning home um, for for two weeks and, and, you know, feeling like you're a pawn in great global um, uh, plays. Um, how, how have you been feeling your 2020? What are the lessons that you've learned physically, mentally and emotionally from your 2020? And for me, I still find great power in classical Stoic thought. I can't control, and I share this with you now because I I wonder if you can get some, some value out of this too, but I can't control what happens or how it happens um, or anything like that. And, and, you know, hi, I'm Phil. I like to, you know, be in control of everything, (laughs) but I can't, I can't control things that are outside of my control. The only thing that I can ever do is control my words, my thoughts, and my actions in response. So I continue, I continue to choose to be curious I continue to choose to be courageous. I continue to choose to care. I continue to choose to be committed, to be connected. So I'm no longer the lonely diplomat. Um, I choose to step up and help and collaborate and find a workable 
way forward for myself and for you. So for me, that's where the great power lies, knowing that I have always have a choice in how I respond. And listener, viewer, you always have a choice in how you respond. So 2020 might feel like it happened to you, but perhaps, if not now, but sometime soon, you can reflect that 2020 happened for you. And there's great power in that mere change of a preposition. All right. So I'd love to hear what your lessons are. If you're up to it, please feel free to send me an email to admin at thelonelydiplomat.com. Or if you want, you can reach out on social media. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. So you can send a message. You can send me a DM. Uh, you can send me a message on LinkedIn, here on YouTube uh, as well. I don't know. Just look it up. Look me up and uh, and 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 send me your thoughts. Um, as I said in episode twenty nine, I'm moving the Lonely Diplomat podcast into a more conversational tone, um, based on a particular topic. So um, if you've got a question for me. Uh, let me know. Please know that discretion is assured. Uh, it's the issue that I want to talk about, not who you are, where you are, what you do, or who you do it for, or for whom you do it, speaking properly. But it's the issue because we who live the diplomatic life are our best source of support and helping each other um, using the Lonely Diplomat podcast as a vessel to have those kind and honest conversations for the global diplomatic community is the way that I can serve you. I can also serve you if you want me in your corner uh, and you feel that you could do with some, uh, some of my wisdom, uh, my insight, my experience, my suggestions for you. You want me to listen to your experience um, it, uh, you can become a minister member and have a, a mentoring call with me every quarter. So that's every three months, or you can become an ambassador level member of my site, um, and have a chat with, and we'll, and we'll have a chat every month, um, about what's going on for you and your diplomatic life. So if you want me in your corner, I'm here, I'm committed to, um, challenging, serving, supporting, and inspiring you as you lead your diplomatic life. Okay, until next time, that's about it from me. Um, and fire your questions in, uh, and I'll speak to you next week. So until then, be awesomely and humanly you, because the world really does need more you. All sounds used are freeware in the public domain. All views expressed in this episode are my own and do not reflect any official position. I am not a licensed mental health professional. I encourage you to seek the services of a licensed mental health professional if the content of this episode challenged you beyond your current capacity to mentally, emotionally and or physically respond yourself. Thanks for listening.